I was like, if you pull shot, I'll give you, uh, you know, $10 or whatever. But if you're not first or second off the line, you got to give me 20 and he, you know, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these kids, dude, I, I feel bad. I take all their money in these bets. Sure. Shit. Trent jumps a start. I'm like, Oh no, he was so, so keen on getting a start because of our bet that he just jumped a start and Tank Slapping Podcast, back at it. Another Rewind Pod. It's been a couple weeks, man. We're back at it. It's uh, Life happens, things get hectic, and honestly, this is more of a hobby than anything, so it's uh, it's tough sometimes to get these going, but other side of the mic, my homie, Eric. What's good, dude? Not much. This podcast is my entire life, so thank you for doing one and saving me. Hey, it's uh, I'm one for I'm one for the people. It's uh, what can I say? Yeah, we're back at it, man. It's uh, it's good. It's good to be back on. I was a little burnt out from the pods, man. I had to had to get a little uh refresh on uh, on what's what's going on with the pod. But uh, yeah, back at it. Honestly, a lot of people reached out and were like, "Hey, man, let's get a pod going." I'm like, "Eh, all right, all right." <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'll, "I'll get back on it." A lot of people, honestly, like I didn't expect to like reach out and say they they missed it. It's like, yo, I was like, "Cool, that's that's pretty sick, man." It's it's humbling that uh, so many people listen to this show, and honestly, people that I, you know probably don't even like me as a person, but they tune in and listen to the podcast. So it's understandable. Well, yeah. A lot of love, <laughs> man. A lot of love for those people. And honestly, when, when you're, when you do something like this, you're, you're going to piss people off. You're going to make people happy. And at the end of the day, you got to be comfortable with that. And if you're not, then it's not the job for you, but fuck it. We're back at it, man. And uh, we had a, a really cool race. Uh, actually it's yesterday. We're recording on the Sunday, right? Yeah. It's Sunday. Yep. It was, uh, it was last night. So we're going to, Talk about the Bridgeport Rewind. I want to give a shout out to really honestly that we have some loyal sponsors that support us week in and week out. No strings attached. Whenever we do one, they are on board. They support us. And uh, the biggest, our title sponsors, Mission Foods, they support the whole entire sport, honestly, from, you know, AFT to my Corey Texter promotion, amateur races that I do. They do Moto America Mini Cup now. They sponsor race teams. They help out so many people in the sport. They do the Mission Challenge. They do so much. Moto America, and we're really grateful for their support on the podcast. If you can, go out, buy some Mission Foods, tortilla chips, anything you can, support those who support us. I want to give a shout out to Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, the official tire of the American Flat Track Series and Moto America, 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road, street, I just got Noah Chambers dialed in with some brand new Dunlop MX tires for Loretta Lynn's next week, man. He's Noah's headed to Loretta's, so we we should get Noah on here in the near future. But yeah, Noah Noah's uh, dialed in with some new Dunlop tires, and I want to give a shout out to our day one sponsor, day one friend Jerry Stinchfield from Roof Systems, commercial industrial roofing company with nearly forty years of experience. Check out his website, commercialroofsystems.net. Let's get into it, dude. So, um, I'll let you go. What do you? What's on tap for you, man? What do you want to talk about first? Well, first and foremost, I want to um, give a shout out. We we talked about this um, before, you know, kind of a pre production call, and I wanted to quickly give a shout out to um, the community 
and the loved ones surrounding Greg Strong, uh, specifically the Unsettled Racing uh, program. For for those of you that don't know um, where I fit into a lot of this is I run Evil Hours Racing. We're a nonprofit that helps veterans with post-traumatic stress get into the sport of flat track and I don't really stand upon that soapbox too often on the on this podcast because honestly, a lot of my hot takes don't align with running a a, a business like that. But um, I'll be honest, I'll be raw. We we lost uh, one of our veterans um, this weekend to suicide, and it's heavy, it's taxing, um, and it's definitely got me you know bummed out. But I just wanted to to any of the veterans and uh, the the loved ones of those veterans listening to the podcast, like, you know, goddamn, just call me um, day or night. I don't care. Let me know. Uh, you know, we can we can work through all this. But I just want to take a moment to say it was an honor knowing Greg. If you know uh, Papa Strong, he hugged the shit out of you. Um, he was a bright soul and. Um, we're going to do everything we can to honor him uh, and his legacy. And uh, just know that if you're in the dark, you're not fighting this alone. So I just want to quickly say that before we dive into everything. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a really cool guy. And I actually got to spend some time and chat with him at amateur nationals a few weeks ago. And just the, like the nicest guy you would never know his his background was as gnarly as it is just how he was. He was so cool. And and then Rob, uh, Robbie Bobby pointed out, I was like, yeah, man, he's, he's a legend. And, uh, he told me his, his, his background with the military and everything else. And, uh, just super cool guy that, that actually, I met the guy literally one, one week. I, you know, I got to know him a little, a little bit, like I only talked to him a few times and it, it really is a, is a really sad thing, but, uh, it's cool what you're doing and, um, you know, that awareness and everything else. And yeah, we're going to dedicate this one to, uh, to Mr. Strong, man, we're going to miss him. I know a lot of people I saw on the, uh, on the interwebs today, man, just, uh, showing some love for him and, uh, his family, friends and everybody yeah. that, that, uh, supports him and veterans around the, around the country. So shout out yeah. to, uh, to Greg, but let's go to, uh, let's go into this Bridgeport deal, man. And going yeah. into this. So, um, man, we've been bouncing around these, these PA New Jersey tracks here the last few years. We did Williams Grove for a hot minute and then we went to Port Royal and then we went to Bridgeport uh, yesterday, which I was pretty I'm, I was pretty optimistic on Bridgeport. Um, like my background, aside from motorcycle racing, is I grew up also at the car races in Pennsylvania. My grandpa, Glenn Fitzcharles, he's in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And we grew up on these these car tracks around here. And I went to a lot of these when I was just a baby boy, baby C-Tex and just cruising around the the car races, you know, and Bridgeport's a really cool, iconic racetrack. Um, and for those that are interested in my grandfather, he's actually, we had an episode with him on the podcast where I interviewed, I interviewed yeah. my, uh, my grandpa, Glenn, and, uh, I'm so many listening though, and know my grandpa just from coming to the track, but he, yeah, he, we had an episode with him and it was pretty good. So if you go back in the archives, probably a couple of years, you could find, uh, find his, uh, it was Glenn Fitzcharles. Uh, yeah, I love my pop. So, um, but the track itself, it's a lot different than I remember. And even my grandpa, when he, when he rolled up to the track, he's like, damn, this track is way more banked and way shorter <laughs> than he remembers. He said it used to be flatter and it was a lot bigger. And I was like really shocked at how small it was a hundred percent. It's not a half mile. So, oh yeah, yeah, no, no way. Is that a fucking half mile? It's like, 
that's one thing with like AFT and like dictating these track sizes is like, like when I want Atlanta short track, it's, that's not really a short track. That's a big short track. And Sonoya, they did I think they called Sonoya short track, right? Or was that a half mile? I think it was short track. I thought they called it a half mile. Did they? I don't fucking know. Sonoya was bigger. Was I think. Yeah. I, I felt like Sonoya was bigger than, than Bridgeport, but I don't know. I'm not a geologist, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a cool racetrack when we got there. It was a little deceiving looking at it. The corners were fucking hella banked and then it straightened out really flat on the straightaways. And then you went back up the banking. So really cool track. I thought they did a really good job with it. All things considered. I was a little nervous when I got there. I didn't think it looked, didn't look amazing. It wasn't like a red clay. It's more of a gumbo style dirt kind of similar ish, maybe to Cedar Lake, a mm, little less sand than Volusia, but yeah, it was like a grayish clay. Right. So yeah, I, I thought they did a good job with the prep. I thought overall it was, it provided some really good racing. The riders weren't, it wasn't a track where they came off the track and they were like, that's badass, but they were content with what they were given. It seems like, and it provided really good racing, man. I mean, what were your thoughts on, on just the track itself throughout practice and qualifying? I thought it was solid. Yeah, no, it was a great event. It, um, I was a little concerned about whether or not people were going to show up, but it kind of seemed like those, uh, the, the stands filled up there right, right when the real racing got going. So I was like, Oh, thank God that was good. But, um, it was cool. They did that drone shot. You saw the Philly, uh, skyline like that. And, God, I bet you had such a boner seeing that Philly <laughs> I was at the track. I I have to go back and watch it. I'm, I'm pretty fucking hyped. Uh, oh God, the John man, the John. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a good track. It was good racing, and um, you know, I'm gonna play my cards here a little bit. But if you looked at the the finishing order for Sonoya, because there are a lot of similarities between, in, in my opinion, there were a lot of similarities between this and, um, you know. Bridgeport and Sonoya, it's damn near spot on. I mean, it's a Dallas got his revenge for Sonoya, but JD did really well at Sonoya. Brand Robinson was right up there. So uh it, it yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I thought both rounds were fantastic. So kudos for going to fucking Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Jersey. It's it's literally, <laughs> I mean, it's so many. We just had Moto America Mini Cup there two weeks ago. And it was sunny as can be, not a cloud in the sky, but they had lightning detection or whatever on their radar 10 miles away. And they would not let us run on uh, on the New Jersey Motorsports Park. They they pretty much shut us down because there was lightning 10 miles away. I mean, 10 miles away is pretty far. And uh, it was had me so bent out of shape. And I felt like a boomer. I'm like, man, back in the fucking day, you wouldn't have these detection things. And we'd already be, be racing. And I'm just like, I couldn't believe it, dude. And then... We left our 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 cooler on the hot pit, which is like kind of on the track. Like they closed the gate to hot pit, and our our cooler full of all of our drinks were on hot pit, and they wouldn't even let me go out to get the cooler to bring it in because of the lightning that was non-existent ten miles or whatever. It was it was frustrating. But anyway, back to back to Bridgeport. I was, obviously, I touched the nerve there, but yeah, it was <laughs> uh it was it was a good track. You know, and it provided, like I said, multiple times, some really good racing. I think similarities to Sonoya. Yeah, I definitely see it. I rode Sonoya, uh, but I didn't, I've, I've never rode Bridgeport. So the way the track looked though, in qualifying, 
it seemed a little bit slicker than Sonoya, uh, at least for like Sonoya, the pro night, it was better than the amateur night. It looked like it was less slick, yeah. but yeah. Bridgeport was a little slippery. Um, like honestly, like James, James odd, he, he really struggled, uh, at last night, but Sonoya, he did really well. So there were definitely some things that were different. There was kind of like a crown at Bridgeport yeah. where I was trying to get my guys to kind of ride up into the crown, kind of turn off throttle and then shoot down the, down the hill and kind of yeah. like turn off the gas and straighten the bike back up and shoot down the hill to kind of avoid, you know, sideways or being stepped out off the corners at Bridgeport. There was a huge like hill essentially that I was trying to get them to do. And Ch Chad was doing a great all, all throughout qualifying. And, and then, yeah, just it, the track changed a little bit. They, they prepped it a little and, you know, it was, it seemed be, to get better. Well, let me ask you this. So one of the things that I noticed is, um, you know, again, going back to maybe like Cedar, lake or sonoya and bridgeport these banked car tracks one thing i noticed last night is it the track looked fairly smooth it wasn't it didn't at least on tv it didn't seem very abrasive but one thing i noticed with all of the bikes in both classes is how upset a lot of the the bikes seem they kind of seem to uh, uh bob and weave and where some, some of these other car tracks you'll see guys roll into the corners get it uh turned and just let the bike kind of roll itself throughout the corners but you just didn't see that last night so i wonder if you had any feedback from your riders or some of the the guys that you help uh with what was kind of one of the factors of why throughout the day did the bike seem so upset in the main event it kind of looked like most of the bikes kind of got smoother but did, did you hear anything about that yeah i mean i would just say basically from my experience of going in circles it the uh the way the straightaways were flat and then you kind of you you like it's kind of harsh when you're when you're straight on the like when it's flat on the straightaways and you're you're riding that fast up into a banked corner it kind of naturally unsettles the rear a little bit i mean that's that's what made that track last night so technical is is i think how flat the straightaways were and then how banked the corners i mean it it it's even yeah. deceiving on TV when I was, it was deceiving from the grandstands when I actually walked out onto the back straightaway and you look up into the corners, dude, it it's, it's, it was very banged. So it just naturally unsettles the bike when you're flat to a bank and then you're turning like the turns actually were really, they were a lot tighter than, than it looked as well. And I will say there was a little, spot on the back straightaway maybe where the tractors come across where the bikes were kind of it had like a dip where you kind of yep. noticed the bikes becoming unsettled there as well but the biggest thing was just getting into that banking and getting the bike turned at such a high i don't want to use the like okay. g-forces but i mean yeah just trying to get that sucker turned and come the other well, that, way it's te it's so technical it's hard to do that's very interesting because you know we think about sonoya one of the you know, the the issues that the shorter riders had was how banked the front stretch was on the starting line. Even me, I'm six foot and I was kind of like, oh, fuck, you know, kind of trying to get uh, set up for the the starts or whatever. Um, so that, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, but again, you know, thinking of a shorter rider, Shayna had her best outing uh, all night and it was a half mile with a, a front stretch that was straight. So maybe maybe that was key if she didn't have to worry about the starts being at a bank right that definitely helps for sure yeah the straightaways were were more level which is nice i mean anyone that's ever raced a 
a super banked racetrack with uh straightaways banked, it's a pain in the ass to try and get off the, get off the line and, and not yeah. kick that bitch sideways when the light turns green. So, um, yep. yeah. So anyway, well, let, let's get into the races. We got probably a lot to talk about throughout these results and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But as always, we'll go into the singles, Uh, big shout out to, eh, I guess we'll wait. Yeah. And he's he's your boy. We'll shout him out now. Jared Lowe, man. I want to give Jared a shout out because he, he made his first ever, he mixed it up and made that, uh, made that challenge or whatever they call the, the Al Lamb challenge. And that was like really impressive. I, we shouted him out a couple podcasts ago, or maybe it was like just the last one we did. And, and then he backed it up with, uh, another i wouldn't say surprising but slightly like i don't think i would have pegged him to make the dash or the challenge so that was right on man that was that was cool to see i know he's like your he's like probably your favorite rider so i just wanted to give him a just so fucking hilarious so basically what we're saying is is his success this season is because of tank slapping podcast i think Um, we could probably (laughs) yeah we could probably go with that he should write us a check honestly um exactly with that being said too i want to give trent Lowe a non shout out for jumping the start in the heat race. And I feel slightly responsible for that because prior to the heat race, I said, Hey man, if you're first or second off the start, I'll give you $10. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I said, if you whole shot, I'll give you 10. Okay. This is what it was. I fucked this up yesterday. Trying to explain it to Amber. I was like, if you whole shot, I'll give you, uh, you know, $10 or whatever. But if you're not first or second off the line, you got to give me 20 and he, you know, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these kids, dude, I, I feel bad. I take all their money in these bets. Sure. As shit. Trent jumps a start. I'm like, Oh no, he was so, so keen on getting a start because of our bet that he just jumped the start. And yeah. So sure enough, man, um, before I could even, like, I felt bad for him and I, I didn't want to, uh, rub it in, but I walked over after that and just kind of discussed, you know, how, what he was feeling on the track and stuff, a little rider coach stuff. And, uh, I was like, and before I walked out, I was like, by the way, dude, you owe me 20 bucks. He's like, I already Venmoed you. <laughs> I checked my Venmo. <laughs> he Venmoed me $20 as soon as he came in. So, uh, but he had a turnaround. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit, but <clears throat> yeah, going into the results, Tom drain, I, <clears throat> I am very, very surprised with, how quickly he's adapting to these racetracks and nothing he did all night was like, Holy shit. He's flying. He was just very smooth, hit his marks. His starts were pretty good. The main event start wasn't the best, but he's really impressing me. Um, These are tracks that I thought it would take him a year to get used to. And he's learning and adapting very quickly. I will say the bikes look very good. They've done a really good job on these motorcycles for some reason, the Essence 450 program the last couple of years, it seems like it takes it takes them a little while longer to get going. They don't start the season off as strong. They they pick things up middle of the year to the finish. I think a lot of that is because of the just the resources and the testing and how many, you know, they're always doing races during the week and off weekends. And uh, they have a lot of resources to kind of test and make that bike better. But I will say, Tom, man, he looks really good. I think if we restarted the season right now. I, yeah, they, okay, it would so be, it would be I, I got to jump in here. What did I say at the beginning of the season? I don't know if it was on a podcast or not, but you and I both were talking about riders we thought that were going to do good this year. And I, to you and to other people, I said, Tom Drain, 
And I got lit the fuck up because they were like, no, he's got a lot to learn. It was just on miles. He weighs three pounds, soaking wet with rocks in his pockets. But I was like, no, that kid is methodical. So I just, you just look at him and he just, you can always tell writers when they're good, when they don't look like they're trying. And it, like, I swear to God, Tom looks bored when he's out there. He's just in such control of the bike. So hats off to Tom for turning it up this uh, half of the season or whatever. I, he's a phenomenal rider. So I'm stoked on it for sure. Yeah, he's doing awesome. And he still he still doesn't look like when he won the dash. I'm like, you wouldn't think Tom just won, you know, twenty five hundred dollars here. Just <laughs> eh, whatever, dropping the hat. But yeah, shout out to Tom. Good kid. Good family. Um, and for him to be this. This far along, I mean, was that his third win? That's uh, dude, he's he's crushing it, and he's leading rookie of the year points. You know, in my in my eyes, he's you know, I think <laughs> I'm still, I'm not letting that one go either. I just you know, it's it's uh one of them deals, but yeah. And then uh, Trevor Bruner second, and I I really thought Trevor was going to get this one, and I'm sure he's probably a little frustrated. Just you know, his teammate has three wins, and he's still fighting for for that first win on the season, but honestly, a really solid result. I mean, once Tom caught him, he just didn't have the speed that Tom had at the end of the race. And it was hard for me. I'm going to be honest. I didn't go reback and watch this main event yet. So a lot of the, uh, I didn't get to catch all of these riders every lap because I was watching my guys, but, uh, I was paying attention at the end of the race there. It was, it got really, it was a good race toward the end there. And well, a lot happened and Trevor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a second place. It's, you know, one, two Essenson, but I'm looking at from Trevor's side of things and I'm sure he's probably over it. He wants to get a win. So. So I will say that, uh, don't worry about trying to go back and watch it because right on the last lap, there was like a, uh, you know, a gnarly battle heating up between chase and max, um, and when when Tom goes to cross the the finish line, it cuts out to Aiden Brown just like rolling around on the back. And I'm like, hey, good for Aiden getting some like quality TV time. But like, I don't know what was going on in the AFT like production <laughs> booth, but they just whiffed on that one. And I'm like, uh, and then I see like Max up on the podium, like, oh, he got Chase. Okay, so, I did like, see. Yeah, I yeah. I did see that pass. Um, Max, I mean, it looked like Chase drifted a little wide and Max definitely squared him up and just beat him to the finish. Um, I All night long, you would think coming off turn four, the rider that would like go high and square off and come off the bottom, they looked like they were getting hellacious runs, but they still would not get across the stripe first. Uh, so with that pass, I didn't know once Max squared him off if he was going to get him, but it really wasn't even, I mean, it was close on the interval. It's like a 10th of a second, but it wasn't that close. I mean, he, he made a sick pass yeah. there and I don't know in the main event necessarily if I didn't check their wheels prior to the main, but throughout this whole main event, I think Max and maybe, maybe Ott were the only ones running spoke wheels. Everyone else had like PM, Lowry, whatever wheels, whatever wheels they are. And I don't know, you know, these new wheels, you can like add weight. And I don't know how much weight certain riders add, but I will say that it looked, I think prior to the main event that Max and Ott had spoke wheels. And I thought that was interesting, a little tidbit, uh, just looking at the, uh, the riders prior to the main, but that's good for Max to get back up on the podium. He's had a few, uh, results that he's probably not stoked on just an up and down season. So, for him to get this podium going in the Peoria place, he's won, you know, that's, that's some good momentum. And then for chase, 
Yeah, I, th- I think he's probably a little bummed. He was in pretty good position. I think he was in second for a minute there, right on Bruner, and he just sort of lost touch with with those riders. But fourth isn't bad. I think that's a, a decent result for Chase. And then going into fifth, Trent Lowe. I mean, he had the he jumped the start. He had to come through an LCQ. The LCQ he didn't look great, honestly. I don't I don't think I thought he was you know making a lot of mistakes in the LCQ and. He, he didn't even win the LCQ. He got second. But for him to come come from the, I don't even know what row he started on, the 20th row, and then literally come up and get fifth <laughs> is really impressive on a track that I thought it was hard to make up time on. I mean, if you look at the results from first to 10th, uh, the leader's best lap to the 10th place is within two tenths. I mean, it was a really hard track to make up time on. And Trent, Trent rode really good to get a fifth. Yeah, uh, it's going to be one of those um, rounds where he's going to dwell on. Um, but, I, you know, champions get their points, salvage what they can, and move on, right? So I think this is um, an opportunity for him to, you know, play the mind game on himself and just say, all right, I got fifth place points. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and, and just don't worry about that $20 he gave you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and then and then with that being said, the the other kid that I trained for two weeks or I trained with Cody Cobb, he's got a number one plate on his bike and he got a six. It was a as a subpar day for Cody. Honestly, he had a a little tumble in practice, which was kind of a weird, uncharacteristic uh, deal for Cody on that on that crash. Just it looked just like a low side. He went in and low sided the bike, but yeah, um, yeah it was it was a bummer, man. I I that that type of racetrack i thought that would have been right up his right up his alley but man like i say on the podcast a lot racing's hard and it's just sometimes that that's the result you have i mean there's so many really good riders in this class and if you're off a little bit um that this is the result you get so but i think you know with how bad it was that he had a crash he didn't you know he said he didn't feel good at all and if his bad day is a sixth I mean, that's he's in a pretty yeah. good spot in his career. If if like a an awful day is a sixth, you know, I think he's I think he's just fine. He didn't lose many points to the the ride. I think Chase is second, or I don't even know who's third anymore at this point. Let me think. Hold on, Bruner's third. Uh, he didn't lose a ton of ton of points there, but I think he's in a really good spot still. Um, well, and, yeah. it's it's that time every week Eric puts his conspiracy theory hat on and it's that time. Um, I think I agree. I, to me, it looked like Cody was just like, fuck this track. I don't feel comfortable. You know, I can't get the bike going. I'm just going to collect my points and move on to the next round. He's 50 points up, right? He can't win the championship, but he certainly can like throw the bag away and let some like, you know, crash and get like somebody jump up 25 points in one round. So I'm not saying he mailed it in per se, but I don't think it w- I wouldn't be shocked if Cody was like, I fucking hate this track. I'm not doing good. I'm just getting my points. Cause he just, he wasn't really his Cody factor self. Like he always is every round or whatever. And it was kind of just like after that crash, he was like, I don't, maybe it's the fucking haircut and the hair dye. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think he was first or second in practice and honestly, Cody's, pretty optimistic and overly positive regarding every track. He seems to just like everything. 
So I, I don't think he, the track, I think if you went back to that track tomorrow, he'd probably be a threat to win or maybe win the race. And uh, maybe, okay. you know, it's just one of them days where, you know, you start to lose momentum and, and rhythm and, you know, that crash in practice that that's hard to dig yourself out of. I mean, it's, you know, just a little bit of momentum in this class can really shift things, but he's going to be fine, dude. He's got Peoria coming up. Yep. He's a great T tier. I just, you know, I, I got to ride and train with him for two weeks and, He's got some dog in him, you know, it's, uh, it was cool to kind of, you know, every year I've been working with Cody, I, this might be our third year, second, third year. And every year he comes back, he gets stronger. He gets, you know, better on the bicycle. He's riding a motocross bike very, very well. And yeah, we, we talk a lot of shit, man. Uh, Cody drives me nuts. I can't wait till he leaves, but I, I love the kid and it was <laughs> cool having, <laughs> cool having him here. Um, him and Cruz are like brothers, man. They just go at it, just arguing and fighting and riding together. And Cody took me out and just, yeah, it's, it's pretty entertaining having, uh, having Cody as another kid in the house, but it was good. He kind of did me a favor, Eric, a little side bet I had with Cody. I had a couple of drinks one night and I told what I was talking shit. And I told Cody, I think he won two races in a row leading up to this race. I said, Hey, without even thinking, I'm like, if you win the next two races, I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to whoop your ass. And uh, I like immediately, I was like, oh, fuck, two races is Peoria. And I was like, he's like, no, it's Rapid City. And I was like, oh, that would be all right. I was like, all right, cool. I was like, two, if you win the next two, I'll find, I didn't have a plan really. I don't even know what I was going to do. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and whoop your ass. <laughs> and then uh, after the race, I'm like, thanks for not winning. So I, you know, I have to back up my shit talking. So, um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, six for Cody. Uh, Mishler, man. Mishler is a funny fucking guy. Did you see yes. him win this? So he wins the crossing LC the finish line, fucking like fist pumping his fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, as like yeah. as like a factory rider. I mean, that'd be like factory supported rider. That'd be like that'd be Chase Sexton winning an LCQ and a super. Maybe not Chase Sexton. Let's say I don't know. Let's say like a Hunter Lawrence winning. Maybe that's a bad example too. Anyway, somebody like a really good rider <laughs> winning an LCQ and just fist pumping across the line. Uh, well, do you think that like the weight of the season, like we all know Morgan is a talented rider, uh, but this hasn't been his best season. Um, do you think that that was in a way like the weight of like the last few rounds off of his shoulders? Cause he did beat Trent. Um, he got seventh, like, probably one of his better finishes in a while it looked like i it just kind of felt like a body language wise it was like jesus christ this is this is a step in the right direction so i that's kind of the vibe that i got so i was like good on i you, don't Morgan. think that, i think his ride we'll get to his actual ride i i thought he rode great as good as he rode a seven doesn't do it any justice i feel bad for him when i looked at the results because watching the race he was hauling ass and i watched i looked at the yep. results i'm like Oh, seventh. I'm like, damn, he he worked really hard and rode really good for a seventh. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I just think Mishler is just a unique guy, man. I just think he's I just I don't know what to say. He's goofy. He does some funny shit. And I just thought that was, it was funny. I just thought that was really funny. I, I love summer uh, shirts in the pits with his visors. He's a he's a vibe. Yeah, I, I love personality, man, whether or not it's it's something I would do. You know, I just I thought that was so funny and and then, yeah, he, he rode awesome. Like I said, he was making a lot of passes at the end of the race. I mean, he passed a lot of riders there in the last probably eight laps without looking at the lap chart. He was digging, and he caught right up to Cody. I Honestly, one more co one more corner, he probably would have had Cody. I mean, he 
I'd have to go back and look at the lap times. I'm just going off visuals. He looked really good. So uh, hats yeah. off, uh, Merg. That was a solid ride. Um, going into eighth, Chad, disappointed in Chad, man. Uh, I probably say it on this pod a lot. You know, I, I put a lot of, you know, I, I expect a lot out of Chad, just how good he looked all day. We were second, third, you know, pretty free, pretty frequently in qualifying. He was up there in the heat. He was second or third in the main event. And honestly, you know, I'm not going to get into it too much because, you know, just so- something that me and Chad talk about. But I would just say he got stale in the last 10 laps of the race. His body position got stale and he just struggled moving forward. Uh, a lot of these riders were making hard charges in the last 10 laps. I said Mishler, Cody Cobb passed a lot of riders, Trent. Max passed Chase on the last lap. Tom Drain passed Bruner. I think it was maybe five to go or something. A lot of riders were moving forward. And, you know, there's some riders that kind of faded and struggled. And Chad was one of them. And it's one of those things where you just you just got to figure out what the problem is. You got to put the work in during the week to change that. But he's got really good speed. He looked great on the bike. Um, but just, it's one of those things where I just feel these riders in front of him, they are, they want this shit bad and you just got to figure out how bad you want it. So yep. if he, if he can get out there and, and, and get super comfortable on a track, he's going to be, I mean, like I said, he's capable of squeaking wins out on these kids still, but just a little disappointing night from, from Chad, but showed good speed. And then Jared Lowe, I would say this main event result was a little disappointing um, from where he was in the heat race, qualifying second, make the dash. He was another rider who um, I don't want to hammer him because he rode great all day. I mean, but like watching him all day and then you look at the result, it's a ninth. It's like, man, he was, you know, I feel like he was capable of a lot more, but the riders ahead of him, I mean, they're all factory based riders. So if you're going to beat these riders ahead of you, you've got to execute a good main event. I just think he, he missed, missed it a little bit there toward the end. And same with Shayna. Shayna was up into, I think she was fifth off the start. She had a really good start. She looked pretty good all day, honestly. And she just kind of faded a little bit in that main event, uh, looking at where she was all day. And you mentioned it earlier and a 10th is just, it's just not, it's not something to hang your hat on. I mean, she she had potential there, and she wrote Given fine. her – the history of her success within this class, no, a tenth is not going to make Grumpy Kitty happy. But I would say this year, <laughs> like, isn't that her best finish? I think she's gotten some top tens, honestly. I don't – without looking okay. at the uh, – I think she got tenth maybe, top ten at Sonoya. Let me look here. I mean, yeah, I just I, – I know how talented she is. I mean, she's done things yeah. on a bike that – are just insane. And uh, no, I mean, she got ninth at Sonoya. She's got ninth at the Dallas okay. half mile and she got eighth at the sack mile, which is actually crazy. Okay. I didn't, that's a, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, I mean, top 10 is fine, but it's just, I don't know. It would piss me off if I was that fast and yeah. I ended up, you know, cause at the end of the day, none of that shit matters. Like the qualifying and this lap times and the that, da- you know, none yeah. of that, yep. None of that matters. I mean, there's no, I, I tell the kids there's I help no all the name. time. Yep. There's no notes column next to this fucking no result. Notes. You know, it. you read eighth, you read ninth and going back, that's, that's what pays in the points column. So yeah, it is what it is, but I think they, I think Chad, Jared and Shana showed potential and it's up to them if they're going to use that for momentum or, or what have you. So um, going into 11, Travis Petten, he had kind of a quiet day, honestly, he, yeah, I didn't even 
I, I didn't see much of him in qualifying or, or the heat races, but 11th place is, is solid. Dalton Gauthier, man, 12th is definitely not where I thought he'd be on a track like this, especially because I think Sonoya, he hit a pretty good result at Sonoya, right? I forget. I think he was on the yeah, podium, and right? He, so <clears throat> he started, uh, what, like he was like, he was, wasn't he on the second row or something? Like he was like seventh or eighth or something like that in the starting. So for him to drop back to like, 12th i don't have that pulled up exactly where he started but no man i just yeah i was like oh shit i thought i thought this was going to be around where dalton <laughs> turned it around but man there he, just he was in the mix early the yeah i yeah. mean like i'm looking at his life i didn't know i could click their names and look at their lap times but lap two to lap six he was either 20 flat or 20.1 and then yeah. you know the last five six laps of the race 20.6 20.7 20.4 20.6 um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure, man. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Dalton. He's struggling a little bit. I'm sure he's not super stoked on it. And, uh, I know he's got the talent to, to be higher up in this, in this results as well. I mean, there's a lot of good kids in this fucking class. It's, it's crazy going through well, here, seeing these names, how far down they are and knowing how, how capable they are. You know, it's crazy. In the off week, uh, I'm, again, no note section, but didn't at the RVA or one of the outlaw races hurt um, his shoulder. Yep. Yep. I did. Hurt, see yeah. That. And so yep. he had a, a fill in. Wasn't it, uh, Brett, who was the kid that, uh, he Walker, the kid that got hurt. Yeah. Walker Porter. I know he had the uh, ankle. He injury rode the ride. At, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So I wonder if that maybe, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, section, I mean, that's but, fair. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't think. That yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know the extent of, of how bad his shoulder was. And that obviously it's a long race like that on a, on a track that you move around on the bike yeah. that much. I'm sure that was not, not super fun to do, but yeah. I mean, hopefully what is it? Peoria is next, right? Damn. Yeah. He's got to, yeah. he's got to sack <laughs> up. And, yeah, he's got, yeah. Put some, rub some dirt on it, dude. Cause yeah, Peoria is right around the corner and that's, that's not a sweetheart track to ride injured. I I know personally, <laughs> it yeah. sucks. So uh, anyway, going down to Zabala in 13th, Terrence Santero, 14th, Rooster Evans in 15th. My boy Ott, 16th, really struggled, man. I was, it was, uh, it was one of them days for James. He just could not get going. 16th for James, Justin Jones with a 17th. And then shout out to Damon Ream. I think this was his first main event of the year. So we'll uh, we'll yep. give Damon some love. District six guy lives uh, not not far from me. He's got some Amish in him for sure. And uh well, and he's got the best hair in the pit. So, you know, gonna give him a shout out for that one. Is that not Ben Loud? <laughs> I thought Ben Loud had the best hair in the oh, pit. Oh no, 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 no. I'm I'm calling it right now. Damon. Damon's dethroned whom whoever had it. He's you got know who some, doesn't have the best hair flow. in the pits? Cody Cobb. Cody Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking, he looks like uh um jack frost from santa claus and also a mix between um uh what the hell's the guy's name the comedian looks really goofy what the hell's his name pete davison he looked like oh pete god kind of yeah i was just thinking uh stan from the eminem uh music video stan yeah he wanted to hang his hat on machine gun kelly i'm like dude i, no. I don't think so you know you don't have any tattoos like <laughs> I, I know a guy i know a guy we'll get you some tattoos we'll get you tatted cody for sure i don't know how Dee would feel but uh just yeah don't tell her i guess <laughs> uh and then cotton man i i saw cotton walking through the pits and i i, I don't know what i i like 
gave him a thumbs up, said, let's fucking do it. And he looked at me and said, we're going to try. <laughs> so he, uh, <laughs> he put in his first main. That was, that's really so cool. cool. So cool. Yeah, cool, man. That's solid. Uh, I'm looking, going back to the LCQ. Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of rookies there, three digit kids kind of battling. <clears throat> um, just missing. It was Declan Bender, Tyler Raggio, uh, Raggio, uh, Eisenhard, Olin, Logan McGrain, Jordan Jean, Clark Morian, Tragon. I mean, a bunch of Landon, a bunch of these kids are just solid, solid riders, but there's only so many spots in these main events. So you gotta, yep. gotta get her done. But. And yeah. I mean, if to, uh, to give Aiden one more shout, like he was in this similar position at the decoin uh, mile and he got, he got passed on the last lap. So uh, put his head down and uh, figured it out how to, and he actually started to gap Declan who has been making mains on the regular. So, um, he showed a, you know, development of racecraft, not to, you know, blow it on the last lap. So shout out for sure. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, yamahamotorsports.com, motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. Yamaha revs your heart. Also want to give a shout out to Indian Motorcycle. Since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules Check out their line of motorcycles. They're big supporters of everything we're doing. They're supporting my Hagerstown race coming up in August. And just really thankful for just how cool of a brand Indian Motorcycle is for actually caring about the sport. Man, it's hard to get these manufacturers and brands to come on board and and care like they used to. Uh, you know, I'm going to drop a little, you know, Harley. <laughs> they, you know, as, as big in the racing as they were and just to lose that passion and for Indian motorcycle, just, uh, man, they're fans of the sport. Like it's, it's really cool to see. Yep. And yeah, shout out to Gary Gray and everybody in the motorcycle for, for supporting it and, and being involved in, uh, in flat track. So, uh, going on to the point standings, Cody's got a 45 point lead over Sadhoff. Bruner is two points behind Sadhoff. Drain is three points behind Sadhoff, one behind Bruner. And then Trent is, it looks like, I don't know, 11 points. I'm not good at math. Super good. Oh, Trent and Max are tied in points. So that's that's a heated battle for fifth. Mm-hmm. Dalton's slide, sliding back a little. He's with 187. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to shake out. I mean, shit, we're coming to the wire here. We got five more rounds, honestly. And yeah. lo- looking at the points here, Cody's got a 45-point f- gap. I mean, I'm sure he would like to he would like to wrap this thing up prior to Springfield just because you know how good those Turner bikes are. And granted, the KTMs have gotten better, but the the Turner bikes are probably the favorites on the mile, them and and the Essenson bikes. So with these tracks coming up, Peoria TT is a track Cody goes really well at. Black Hills half mile is one I expect him to go really go really well. And he kind of struggled a little last last year, but uh I think that's a track he should be be good at. And then Castle Rock, not only is he a good TT here, but that's his backyard. So I would think, you know, with those trucks coming up, he he should be in pretty good shape here. But yeah, that's why we line Let's, up and uh, race. I'm gonna put you on the spot because I can't look it up. Do you know what the the payout difference is uh for if you got second overall in points at the end of the year versus third overall? Um I was trying I mean, to find that out. But... I will say that I know fourth is not ideal. Like you definitely the bonuses <laughs> okay. The bonuses are third and up pretty much in this class. And I can try and find it here while we're talking. But and then also a lot of these bonuses, we don't know what 
Turner pays their riders for a, a championship or what, oh, what essence okay. pays, you know, there's personal sponsors that they chip in money for, for championships and things like that. So, um, yeah. So I guess what I was trying to say is that like, we, I mean, obviously Cody's got, you know, it's, it's his to lose at this point, right? It's, it's no secret, but there's a lot of fucking money left up to grabs. And so I think you're going to see a lot of people just sending it these last couple rounds, trying, cause I mean, like it's, it's a battle for second place right now. And um, I think it's going to be pretty dicey for sure. Yeah. I'm looking here now. I, I, I brought up the payout sheet for contingency and this is just what AFT has, has posted on theirs, but um, all the manufacturers from gas, gas to Honda, Husqvarna, KTM, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, they only pay uh, the winner, the championship. Uh, most of them are ten okay. grand. Suzuki pays a humble three grand. If you, if you want a championship on a Suzuki, they only pay three grand. Fuck, they Legend. should buy you. They should buy you a house. Um, yeah, so buy a, buy a brand new bike for three grand. Imagine kicking <laughs> your bike all season long. You win a championship, and they give you three grand. Oh my gosh, that hey, is... man. wasn't Chad Coast the last one to win on the Suzuki? uh probably i have no idea yeah with wally brown yeah yeah anywho um but like parts unlimited they have a championship bonus it's 15 grand 10 grand five grand for top three and then progressive insurance their championship bonus is five grand three grand two grand so um and then dunlop is 2500 1500 a thousand so i mean yeah i mean it's it's definitely better to finish better right (laughs) paid more money so but I don't, yeah, I, I think the goal there, I mean, second or third, honestly, for me, I wouldn't care. I mean, it's win or, you know, not win. It doesn't, but I mean, I would rather get third than fourth for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, let's get into, let's get into the, the twins final. And I don't want to hear any more super twin slander from these fans that say, they only want to watch the singles or the singles is the premier class. I'm so fucking tired of hearing that. If you watch these twins races, it is it really good racing. I mean, it's, and I want to give a shout out to all the riders for how respectful they've been treating you. Like, dude, that was a dicey main event. And I don't think I see yeah. anything that was remotely dirty or over aggressive. I mean, these guys, I don't think you guys realize how much it pays Jared Meese or Dallas or JD or Briar to win a main event and how little it pays to get fourth and to have a battle like that and that much money up for grabs and not sawing each other's front ends off is just unreal. And a huge respect. We've come a long way because if you look a deck, like a decade ago, riders, I don't think they were this respectful um man we're in a really cool era right now where all the riders i give all the riders shit for playing tiddlywinks with each other during the week and everybody's friendship island and everything else but one thing it's you know it, it kind of defeats the personality aspect and the shit talking of the sport in a way but also man it's cool because like everybody respects one another enough that they're not they're not it's not scary it's not scary to watch i mean everybody's been been very well even jared meese man he's actually no, i'm just kidding uh i mean generally speaking it's all been really really well good. the one time that it did look dicey was when brandon robinson went fucking cinder was it what did it, oh, I, for the no, that was in the heat was, for the dash yeah the heat yeah and um you know you could tell the dallas was not happy but like 
you know, it's always kind of one of those things like five minutes after, like there's a buffer zone of like five minutes after a racetrack, after a race, you can be pissed off at somebody, right? Like I don't, if somebody gets mad or whatever, and it's in that five minute window, whatever. But it, yeah, that was the only time. And even then, like toward, you know, it was over. There was nothing more you heard anything about it or whatever. It's just racing. So no, it's a, a level I mean, of talent and again, and- it's not T-ball, but it's cool to have yeah. respect for your peers. Like, um, yep. you're going to get close. You're going to probably piss each other off a little bit. Um, but you got to have, I would say consistent temperament with that. You got to expect, I mean, I, yes. I don't think that move was bad. It was really aggressive, but no. dude, it was to make the dash. I mean, you make the dash, you have a shot at five grand. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was, that track got really tight off the corners, man. It was, it was one of those tracks where you, you come off and the way the banking kind of just flattens out on the straightaway, a lot of lines crisscross and it's not even a track where you can just let off and give them room. I mean, it, it, it got kind of hairy on the, on the exits of the corners a few times throughout the night. Yeah. And, you may have, uh, you may have heard Ralph say slide job a couple of times. Uh, I don't, I didn't so, hear Ralph cause I was in the, I didn't watch it. Okay, you got to go back and watch it. Slide uh, job. Yeah. Yeah. Slide yeah. job. Slide job. Um, Anyway, let's get into the main event. Dallas with a big win. That was really, really impressive. Starting on the on the second row, I I was I wouldn't say I was surprised. Nothing Dallas does really surprises me, but I didn't peg him for a main event win. I, I'd never count him out on a podium. Obviously, he's got a pretty You're solid a big pegger. Podium streak going, <laughs> uh, but dude, he rode really good, and those you know, drag out battles with Jared Meese, man, he, Jared wins most of those drag out battles yeah. over the years. And, yep. and, uh, and Dallas, he, he, he figured out a really smooth line there. He didn't make any mistakes. And I think Jared waited, just, he waited till the, I don't know if he waited, but he tried something on the last lap there and he just didn't get it done, man. I mean, yep. you're going to win some of these, you're going to lose some and Dallas got the win and, and Jared finished second. I mean, it was a, a crazy, crazy battle there for probably the first 15 20 laps there was five of them and briar was peeking you know peeking in outside the door a little bit and it 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 leveled out a little at the end but yeah that battle was insane yeah that was a really really good battle and uh you, you saw it like you know dallas got around him he made uh he made that line work getting by him um and then i i it almost seems like jared got back up to him and like waited those last couple uh laps he was like all right i'm gonna do a jared move and then just went to execute and just just didn't get it done um and, he, and if you go back and watch uh you know jared always does those videos on social media he kind of alludes to it that he had something set up and just it didn't uh you know work out the way that it's worked out every other fucking time that jared meese has been on a half mile it usually like he usually pulls it off so um it looked like dallas exercised the demons from Sonoya. so that was a good race yeah for sure um yeah it was a good race jd looked really good all day long and again he's one of those riders kind of like a bruner he's probably getting a little annoyed that he can't pull off one of these oval wins and I thought that was a really good shot for him. I think he led um, without looking at the the deal here. I think he led quite a few of those laps and yeah, it was, it got dicey there for a minute. Him and Nice were, were getting dicey and uh, yeah, it was, it's cool to see JD on the podium, but I, I'd like to see JD get a win on one of these ovals before the season's over. And then even Davis Fisher, man, I think this is n- another racetrack, honestly, that I think Davis could, could have won. Um, he won the dash. 
uh, for some reason, he just doesn't get good starts. I'm sorry, Davis. Like <laughs> I just, he really <laughs> struggles with his starts and he'll like get a good launch and then the rear or the front wheel will come up or something stupid where, man, you, you can't make, you can't make, you can't make that little mistake on the start with guys like Jared and Dallas and Briar, like how good their starts are. You gotta, you gotta get that start because his speed has been great. Um, uh, even in the, I want to say, I uh, wanted to, uh, did he win the heat race? I'm trying to think if he won the heat. I don't know if he won the heat. Dal- race. Uh, it was, I thought it was Dallas and, cause I thought Essence in like clean house on all the heats. No, uh, Dallas didn't win here. the heat. Dallas got third. Oh, it was Jared, Jared won. Brandon, oh, the, JD, yeah. and da- uh, JD and Davis. Sorry. Um, but Davis really came on strong there in the, in the heat race and almost had JD. It was fucking close. It was, point eight hundredths of a second so anyway i would so if you so while you're explaining that i looked this up go and i alluded to it earlier the top seven from sonoya and the top seven of bridgeport were almost identical that's pretty crazy like we talk about jared got by uh, uh or dallas got back around jared but i mean like um Everybody was in in it. Uh, JD, Dallas, and Jared podium was the exact same. And then Davis and Brandon right there. And then it was Jared and Briar, uh, Vanderkoy and Briar. So there was a lot of similarities between those two tracks. And you could say, oh, it's the same people every round. Not like this. I was going to say that. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, they're quite like this. This was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think for sure, I would say. Brandon kind of was in there. He he fell off that group a little bit there at the end. I'm not sure what happened there. I, I expected him to kind of be there at the end of that race. But, I mean, a fifth is good for B-Rob yeah. for sure. Um, and Breyer, I mean, you look at the result, you're like, man, what ha- he really struggled. But if you watched him ride, I mean, he, he, he was tr- – dude, there was nothing I don't think he could have did more. I mean, it, his bike looked like it was a lot more – hung out than the other riders uh i would think on a racetrack like this but yeah i just i I thought he would have did better than i mean for how he's ridden the past few weeks i a six he's probably not super stoked on but riding the bike and just getting through that was a long main event too i think it was oh shit i don't know how many laps it was it was a lot of laps because technically it was 10 minutes plus two but it was it was like short track laps. It was 19 second laps. So it was a lot of laps, but yeah, Briar 32. six. Yeah. It's a lot of laps, man. And to wrestle around that KTM for 32 yeah. laps on a track like that, that's, yeah, it's not many people that can do it, but yeah, I mean, I think Briar rode, rode well. Uh, there's still, obviously it's the first year on that bike. He probably brought him back down to life a little after having just, you know, second, third wins, he was crushing it. So, but good news for Briars, Peoria is back on the schedule, or sorry, back on the schedule, obviously, but it's it's coming up next week, and he, I, it would not shock me to see Briar give whoever is fast there a run for a win there. Um, as good as Briar was on the Indian, giving JD a run, and now he's on a bike with uh, more acceleration, and I think it handles good. It's got Peoria shaping up to be a good one. So, but Briar in sixth, uh, Jared Vanderkoy in seventh, uh, Jared. Jared, man, he he came around there uh, toward the end of the race. I want to say he kind of struggled, and it was it the heat race. He had a mm-hmm. week in the heat. I want to say in the heat race he got. I'm gonna look this up, but it looked like he was okay. So he was fourth in the heat. Um, he was there too, like for a little bit there in the main. He wasn't too far off 
that battle and then it was Briar and then it was Vanderkoy. So uh, I don't, I don't know if the leaders just picked it up there at the end. I have to go and check the data. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really into that side of racing. I just like to visually watch and see, but uh, yeah, his seven, best lap was 20 flat. So yeah. 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 I mean, it's not a bad result. I mean, the guys ahead of him, nobody like weird beat Jared. It's just, uh, yeah. I think he, you know, on a track like this, he can probably do better as as well. But it's just one of those things where you got to feel comfortable right out of the gate. You got to qualify well. You got to get a good start in your heat race. You got to control the night a little bit. And that's something I've noticed. It's kind of gotten away from Jared the last few rounds where he's either playing catch up or he looks a little uncomfortable in practice and then playing catch up all night to guys like Nice and Dallas and, JD Briar, it's just so hard to do. It's so hard to give them yep. that confidence early on. So I expect him to do well on these tracks coming up. Jared's a good T tier. Um, Rapid City is a good track for him. And I think he's going to finish the year strong. Uh, Henry Wiles, he looked really off in practice and qualifying, but dude, he turned it around and got eighth. I thought that was a solid result yep. for Henry. Um, yeah, so. no, because the last couple of rounds he's been getting uh, ninth, so he improved a little bit more. Um, obviously, last uh, last round was the best because he was in the dash and and everything, but he you know he definitely faded to ninth. Uh, but this one was kind of the opposite, where he was you know behind the eight ball, and then in the main event, boom, clicks uh, an eighth. So I just I'm excited for Peoria. You know, this many rounds on that indian i know that we're going to talk about the big bad r word right so the the short tracks and the tts the the indians got to go back uh to what you know the the restrictors to what they were but um i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting yeah yeah and i don't i don't i mean he's going to do better at peoria than he's done on these tracks for sure i just don't know where where he's at at Peoria. Such with, a wild card yeah it is a wild card now and like i said i think the pressure's off him like the street yep. bullshit. I don't, you know, I'm sure he's yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. kind of going there and just riding and having fun again. That could make him dangerous at Peoria, but I don't know, man. I mean, there's the riders that are, there's the other riders that are good at Peoria. They're riding Peoria very well right now. And, and I don't think the Indians as good of a motorcycle on that track as the, uh, as the parallel yeah. twins. So yep. the, uh, so we'll see. Um, but man, it's cool to have him back out there and, in the paddock and just be seeing him in the results column. It's really cool. Um, two production twins riders from last year, ninth and 10th Ben Lau, man, he had a little, he was getting dicey early on in the main event. <laughs> I saw him squeak up the inside of Briar a couple times, man. He was like up in six, seven place. I think it was. So uh, I've been was on that ben. in the heat no, it was race main, the, bro. well, no, one of the heats oh. he like just laid a turd off the starting line and by the uh it looked like he missed a shift or something but like by the time he hit the first turn he was in last place i i'm trying to think which one that was but he turned it around yeah to get a top 10 on the night yeah solid result i've been on ben a little bit because i know he can do better and uh, he's a he's a great rider so for him to get a get a ninth this is a, a solid result a good good turn in the you know right direction for him so good night for ben and then cameron smith also a pretty solid night yeah. for cameron uh Cameron is is definitely capable of of getting up in the mix too on on good nights for him and for him to walk out of there with a top ten on a you know privateer Yamaha doing it pretty much with some help from friends just going out there and 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 just getting it done man they're really coming along with that program and cool for Cammy to get up in the mix get a top ten I don't know if that's his best result of the year but he's definitely he's definitely capable so if he can 
get some momentum going and you know the bikes run good everything's going well with their team i think he could he could definitely improve on that on that top 10 so uh shout out to cameron and everybody that helps him man that's a my hat's off that's a good result uh going into 11th brombo just a little disappointing result i'm sure for bronson um 11th 14 and a half seconds off he was pretty far back from like the battle with uh, ben and cameron uh he finished 11th johnny lewis in 12th he just didn't have that i mean he was obviously really good at middletown and then coming coming to this i expected him to kind of build off that confidence and just sort of struggled all night and um yeah 12th 12th on the infield for johnny brandon price hopped on one of uh, nick henderson's yamahas and he came around man brandon price is a good rider and he was a little yeah. a little off in practice qualifying i think it's you know, first like AFT race on that, on that motorcycle. And he doesn't have a lot of experience. I don't think on the J and M chassis. And I think, you know, obviously the course of the night, he got better and 13th for, for Brandon. Uh, you want to chime in on any of that before I keep going? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I I'm trying to think on what part, part of the night, but I remember him doing pretty well. And um, I kind of, I kind of thought I was like, shit, I, I felt like he looked better on these Yamahas uh, than he had the last couple rounds on the KTMs. Um, it could be just that he unretired the Maryland flag uh, number plate. No, he that, wrote you know, it. Well, I'm saying like, yeah, he, because oh, he unretired KTM, it. He did, oh, right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like he brought it out off the shelf and I think that's what made him be a little bit better, little bit uh, better. over the weekend. So yeah, <laughs> no, he, he definitely looked the best he's looked in a while. I know 13th, not what Brandon wants, but I mean, for being honest, it's the best he's looked in quite a while. So yeah, um, it's good. I good to see. And then moving to Colby. God damn. That was, I don't know. He's probably banging his head against the wall on that one. I, I thought he looked better in the, earlier in the day and then to be 16 seconds, 16 and a half seconds off. Uh, not that's yeah. Nice. Yeah, he was up there in the mix too in the in the main event. Yeah. So he he got up there and he was probably fifth or sixth for a lap or two. Yeah. So I didn't talk to Colby after the race, but um throughout the day and stuff, he said he felt comfortable and just trying to trying to get into that. I, I think one of the one of the things with these riders where you're looking at maybe from Henry down to you know even Bromley is you're you get close to these top run these front seven guys right and you want to make a big change or an adjustment or you adjust your riding you know the way you're riding the bike to get into that top seven and i think sometimes to make that to take that gamble you might sacrifice a few spots in the next pack of guys like say you're around at ninth or tenth place guy and you take a gamble to try and get up in fifth or sixth but it's a pretty big gamble and then you end up falling back a few spots i think that might have been what happened yeah. with colby because he was he's solidly you know he was ahead of most of these guys all day long and i don't know if they changed anything but i think that's one thing you can look at too is trying to get into that next pack of like the the tier one guys sometimes you have to take a gamble and take them take a big move uh you know whether it's your riding style or your setup and uh yeah sometimes it can bite you in the ass a little bit but um yes. overall man i i thought he looked pretty well all day long so um yep. yeah well, it kind of goes back to the the notion of like comfort is speed right so you can be chasing setup you know all day long and like you had said you, you throw the kitchen sink at the bike or setup or something and it's just not going to pay off and then sometimes you know it's like 
you, you're you're gonna think on it like god damn should i've just stuck with what i had because I, like i said like being comfortable on a motorcycle can sometimes be faster than some super trick part that you put on a bike so 100 percent. yeah yeah i yeah i never changed much on my stuff when i was on those bikes i mean I always just figured I was just not riding good. And, and that's not a great way. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can always make the bike better. And, you know, after talking with yeah. Paul, you know, now that I work with Paul and first impressions team, he was always like, man, we could have made that bike so much better if, if, you know, we, <laughs> we did some things, you know, cause we just never changed much. I mean, we barely we might do a couple clicks, dude, but I told cool yeah. and, uh, Mike Turner and cool Beth, uh, yesterday I was joking around. Um, we're t- I asked him how much, Hey, how much tire pressure you got? And just like yelling it across the pit. And, you know, they said something and I was like, honestly, dude, I was like, I was telling somebody, I was like, I think tire pressure is overrated. Um, I think you could, you could put within five pounds higher or lower on a tire and you're not going to fucking know the difference. I mean, I mean, people are going <laughs> to argue with me, like probably set up people, Zanotti listening or told we're just cringing, but I don't care. I mean, I, I don't yeah, think it's that yeah. big of a difference, man. I'm just, I would always tell LJ, he would be like, how much, how much air pressure you want? I'm like, I don't know. Surprise me. You know, it's like you want to be in the ballpark, but well, I just we're also millennials and we want to know the how and the why. Right. So like if someone's going to tell me like two pounds here, I swear, or one, one tooth here, I'm like, did you go onto a dyno and like, what, where's your sound reasoning and scientific data to like, why are you on that soapbox right now? Cause I used to be like that. Now it's like, oh, fuck it. Just ride the bike. Right. You are the reason why your bike's not going fast or at least in my hundred percent. So, That's how I feel. Um, yeah. Y- yep. That's the quote for the pod. Air pressure is overrated. <laughs> so, <laughs> I never really like put that in the words until yeah just yesterday i was like yeah it's kind of overrated slightly but um <laughs> yeah bromley in 15th yeah that's definitely like an odd result for bromley i thought he would have been mm-hmm. he would have been better on on that track again he did pretty well on like he did well on some of these clay tracks i'm trying to think uh, maybe it was west virginia like he had a really good result i think it was maybe a sixth uh so yeah i mean it's yeah it's kind of just a just an off day for him man but Cool to have. I mean, I'm sure it's cool for him now. He has price kind of under the tent. They can bounce ideas off yeah. each other. And and uh, uh, I know Nick Henderson. same fucking leathers, and it's confusing. <laughs> I did notice that. I don't know if that's a backup set for Brandon or if he got some leathers done. Because when you get leathers made, custom leathers, that's like kind of an official thing, right? So I don't know if yeah, he's yeah. finishing out the year, if he announced that or what. But um yeah, I mean Nick Henderson works really hard on his program and it's really cool what what they do, just a privateer effort. And yeah, it's just it's cool to field another rider just to get Brandon Price back out back yep. out there. And and they're, you know, Nick is a Maryland-based team. He's from Maryland, right on the PA Maryland border, but uh Brandon Price is a Maryland. So actually I think they went to the same high school. Um same one my wife really? went to, actually. Yeah, they all went to uh it was called Her- it's Hereford in Maryland and it's kind of cool that uh that Nick actually oh. has a his another rider f- from the same high school. That's kind of cool. So, um, sixteenth oh. Jordan Harris, cool to see uh, my buddy, my coal miner friend, uh, my special coal miner friend, get in there and get uh get yep. in the main event and finish sixteenth. So that was that was cool. He he looked pretty good, honestly, in the LCQ. That was he wasn't even like a threat of not making it. Like he he looked good. Yeah. So shout out to Jordan, uh, Billy Ross. He had some really good times throughout the day. I, I saw him in like six to eighth place in, in times, um, throughout the day, but 
yeah, just didn't have his, his lap times dropped off a little bit there in the main event. And then maybe he had an issue. It looks like, uh, yeah, he, he was, had a mechanical. He, yeah, was, he only completed, uh, 24 laps. Yeah. That's a bummer for Billy, but I will say he looks really good on that, on that Kawasaki he's riding right now. I don't know much about that program. He's keeping or... the dream alive for sure on the, uh, the, the, the Ninja. Yeah. He no, looks better on it than is, uh, than the Indian, yeah, he, honestly, yes, he looks yeah. more comfortable, which is very weird, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Billy. He's, he's been working, man. It's, it's cool to see that speed from him. Hopefully it translates to, uh, another good result. Uh, Cody Moonrocks and 18th getting in the main event. Cody's been at this for a long time. Privateer does it with his dad. So it's cool to see him get in there. And then Ryan Wells um, had an issue as well. And he shaved 19. his mustache. He that's did his shave issue. the stash. I did yeah, notice that, that. That was his mechanical. That was his issue. It's because yeah. he shaved his mustache. Well, there you have it, guys. Yeah, that's one of the things. Right. Uh, going into the standings here, man, it is – It's Dallas shifted. I'm not going to say who's got – I would say if Meese won that race, that would have been not the dagger, but man, that would have been that would have been good for Jared. Um, just to win yeah. three in a row, and it would have been six out of the last seven if Jared would have got that win. And it just really would have shifted um some more momentum. And Dallas to kind of Dallas to put his nuts on the tank and get that job done, man. I mean, that's <laughs> That's uh that's some veteran veteran shit there to to kind of stop the bleeding and 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 beat Jared on a track that you know Jared probably would have been favored at from a lot of people. So it's uh they're fighting for it. I like to see that fight in Dallas, man. It reminds me a lot of Briar in uh the first year Briar won the title in 19, just going back and forth and looking at the schedule here. I I think I favored Dallas a little on the TTs, and I think I favored Jared a little on the other three. But Dallas has a two point lead, and also the TTs. You have a bunch of wild cards thrown in there that can kind of mix it up, you know. So it's going to be here's the well. Here's the the issue though is we've we've got JD right. Every single TT you can just go ahead and mark up to JD because well you can't prove me wrong at this point, right? How many in a row has he gotten? And you start looking at the point breakdown of how many points for first versus second, third. It changed this year. Um, you know, you got Briar's going to be a factor at Peoria and Castle Rock. I just, I've said it from the beginning that I just wonder how the sixth place at Arizona is going to factor in. And you're about to find out because we know Dara's going to do damage on the miles to, to finish it. Um, but, you know, what happens a lot in Springfield? in uh september it uh it does the r word a lot it rains a lot and i just uh there are so many factors coming into play with the tts and mother nature and half miles now because of the you know the shit storm with um buffalo chip there is just so many avenues to look at this super twins and so it goes back to what you, you said um, you know, a little bit ago about you're sick and tired of everybody bitching about the twins class because this is the one. So, Cody, you made the singles class boring, goddammit, you and your haircut. So it, I'm just telling you, like the twins are going to show why they're the premier class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thankful for the good racing in the twins class. It's been a long time coming and shout out to the riders yeah. for for stepping up and and uh, putting on a good show. I will say I watched the the super um, Port Royal, the facility kind of sucked to be honest. To watch 
watch the racing, like <laughs> where we were staged at, you had to walk up this big Rocky Hill and, you know, I'm retired now. So I'm a little out of shape, you know, walking up and down that hill was starting to get to me. And I, I had, <laughs> but the fucking, <laughs> you had to walk way around to the back straightaway to stage. And you just couldn't see like where all the, the pit paddock people were perched up watching the action. You couldn't see turns yeah. one and two at all. It was like, they went under a tunnel because of how banked it was. <laughs> and then they shot out turn two. So I actually went, well, then they also had the short trek in the middle of it. Right. So you, I mean, you couldn't even like the fans in that stands couldn't even see across, you know, onto the backstretch because all that shit that was in the way. So it was, a, it was a funky, funky yeah, setup fair. for sure. But I went out to the, uh, me and my buddy Ryan, we went out to the the fans, uh, the grandstands to watch the super twins main event. We were loading up at the trailer a little bit. And I was like, let's go watch this race. And we jogged over and went up in the stands and, a, the stands were packed. I mean, that was, yeah, that's cool. Pennsylvania flat track, man. That's the beauty of it. I'm a little biased because it's my, you know, this is where I'm from, but the fans really show up for these Pennsylvania Jersey, you know, racetracks. Uh, I, I don't know why we don't have more. Like we should almost have, uh, we have like a PA speed week for race cars where they do Williams Grove, Port Royal, you know, they do these uh, Bridgeport, they do these racetracks. I almost think we should do that for, for AMA flat track. I mean, why don't we yawn? Oh my God. I'm falling asleep. I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. do you mean, man? The fans come. <laughs> why? I mean, I think, I think we should do a, a speed, you know, more, more, at least more East coast races. I mean, go to, oh, where, for sure. I think go to where the fans what, are coming. Yeah. I mean, and the where fan... the riders are coming from, right? <laughs> we, well, you know, I Eastern mean, Pennsylvania dominates, right? So play to it, right? I don't I mean, think I, we get I many agree. more riders, honestly, depending on where you're at. I mean, we do we we don't get many out in Castle Rock. We get a little less in California, but I don't think there's any more or any less without checking than you know Illinois or Pennsylvania. But I've said it before, you know, I got love for my Midwestern people, but man, they just they just like. I think they're like privileged with having races. They just don't come to the race. Like the stands aren't as packed in these Midwest races as they used to be. Like mainly the Illinois rounds. Um, Lima, well, it's Lima because does... there's technology in Illinois and in Pennsylvania, everybody is on a fucking horse, <laughs> you know, turning butter. Yeah. Yeah. I may, maybe, <laughs> but anyway, the stands were, it was packed and the atmosphere was electric, dude. I felt like I was at a WWE match. I mean, they, the <laughs> fans were standing up and cheering and on their feet. And it was a very cool atmosphere during that super twins main event. Um, I loved it. It was really cool. Little man, super old school vibes, just perched up in the stands with all these, you know, rough and tumble. How about that fans. dude uh, that came from Egypt. Where Did you hear uh, Ralph and uh, Scotty talking about that. Uh, I don't nah. know. I've been busy. So nah. there was a guy that came over from Egypt, and he's in the states. He's gonna be at the, la the next couple rounds. He's just like here because of flat track. Like, and uh, I don't know. That's pretty cool to hear that it's you know it's global like that. Like we make fun of the sport a lot and stuff, but you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a professional series and it's got an impact around the world. So that was that was really cool to uh, hear them talking about the guy that came from Egypt. Egypt. That's pretty rad. Honestly, Egypt doesn't yeah. seem like it'd be a bad place to visit. I mean, some pretty cool shit in Egypt. There's a lot of places that I would, I'd like to go visit. Egypt would be, that'd be one of them. You know, you have to get on an airplane for that, right, Corey? You can take a boat. There's boats. There's transatlantic boats, dude. I've already looked it up. Oh, God. Take a, take a boat. Christ. It's like a six day trip to get across the Atlantic on a boat. 
it's not a bad gig. You can drink the whole time too. There's tons of like activities on these big ass cruise ships. There's plenty of lifeboats too. I Googled making sure there ain't going to be any Titanic bullshit where I have to, uh, there's going to run out of lifeboats. I'd be pissed. This guy. guy. (laughs) Cause I'm not a great swimmer either. I don't even, I hate the water. I don't like swimming. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's cool. Um, what else, man? That was an overall good, good event. Hats off to AFT yep. and uh, AFT events, Bob and all those guys for for putting on putting on that event. Uh, coming up for them, as far as AFT AFT events go, they have the Black Hills Half Mile, which is usually a really, really good race, good event. I'm hoping to get out there. I, I love that Sturgis trip. That whole Sturgis Bike Week yep. trip is the best. I I love that trip. So I'm hoping to get out to. Sturgis with the team. I want to be out there to try and get these boys uh, our first win of the year, first impressions. But yeah, uh, anything else on your end from Bridgeport? I mean, no, no, it's uh, right. it's all full on to uh, Peoria. You know, I got the uh, the the race uh, Friday night before, or what is that Saturday night? They're doing the amateur Peoria stuff. Speedway. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, give yeah, a shout yeah. out to the, the guys putting that race on, just because. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't, you know, I don't have any ties with them really besides, uh, Kyle Snyder is a good friend of mine and he, yep. he helps with it and, and put some helps put it on. And honestly, that's just a shout a out. Event. Yeah. I, that's honestly, that's, uh, I, I, I don't mind shouting out good events. I mean, I went to the race last year and I was surprised. I thought it was a good event. I thought they did really well with it. The The crowd was great. And yeah, so that's Friday. That's Peoria Speedway. I, I there's a small chance I get out there. I, I'd like to get out there and, and take Cruz. He really liked that track. And they're doing yeah. a little like a um, couple hundred dollars to win the P-Dub class. Kyle Snyder actually sponsored it. So would like to get out there and, and race, but it's uh, we got to see what's going on. Cause square deals this weekend too. There's a big uh, Lee Thomas cup at, at square deal. Mm. And I'd like, I really want to get up there and, and I've never really went up there with um, like guns loaded, trying to win the cup race. Like I've only done one cup race there, I think. And, I kind of half-assed it on like a DTX bike, but I have some really good framers and I got my twin sitting in the garage. So I'd like to go up there and do their, it's like the biggest cup race they have all year. I'd like to get up there, but decisions, decisions. So we'll see where big pro guy now, big local pro guy now. Yes. See how the week week goes and, and make that call. But yeah, that's one thing too, man, with these, these amateur events across the country, like I reached out to like Sturgis and they used to have like some really good amateur programs out at Sturgis. Uh, and it made the trip easy. And now I, I can't find any info on the Sturgis amateur events. Um, I reached out to, I think it was the promoter. I looked up, Googled it, found out, I reached out on Instagram. I said, Hey, are you the promoter for Sturgis? And they said, yes. And, and then I asked a question and I, he kind of ghosted me. So, or he or she, so I, I want to travel 24 hours to Sturgis, but I want to race while I'm out there. And some well, of these amateur say, events, it's hard to find info on these flat track amateur events. It's like pulling teeth to try and get any yeah. info. It's like, damn, like, do you want riders to that, come? We need to know what's going on. Yeah. There, there okay. are a handful of races going on, uh, in uh sturgis but i do know that for anyone that's making the trip out west to to castle rock there i mean there's a week of racing between my home track in spokane out of castle rock with amateur races and then missoula has got a race on sunday like that's 
and at, that information is easy to find and it's going to be big and there's a lot of money up and that's the stuff that you want. Like you want to like easily be able to just type in, you know, amateur races before and you can find all that shit. Like, so, I mean, for anybody wanting to make a trip out West worth it, come steal some lunch money at some of these amateur races. It's a, you know, helps fund the trips for sure. I mean, it's just hard for me and I'm just trying to help grow the amateur scene in general. Like, when there's no, there's no info. And when you get there, the program, it's, you know, you're not on schedule or it's very loosely ran or, you know, they do goofy shit with their class structure or the rules are just kind of goofy. Um, it just makes it hard. Like you, there's a, as a peewee dad right now, I have a, a way better chance at going to an event that I know the promoter has a good track record. Like, I don't like going to these events where, you know, we're sitting there for two hours and there's nothing on track. I mean, there's everything's <laughs> fudged up or just the lack of kind of preparation at these amateur events. It makes you not want to go. Like I'd rather just take crews to the moto track and just go ride for the day. Um, we like racing, but it's almost, is it worth it? You know, do I, do I drive all the way out there, take a stab at it? Like, I don't even know if they have a 50 class. Like I, I think that was one of the questions I asked, um, and I just haven't, haven't got a great, great answer on that. So, um, yeah, it's not really, a, I don't even know who they are. It's not a dig at anybody in particular, but if you're promoting an amateur race, I would say just get as make, much info know, out as deal. possible. Yeah. Like make, get yeah. as much info out as possible. Like, um, reach out. And if, if people don't know who you are, which is fine, if you're a newcomer in the sport or you're new to promoting, reach out to somebody that has a pulse in the sport and they can get the word out for you or, or something um you know I, I think promoters have really stepped up in the last couple of years with um promoting their events and doing a good job but there's also these promoters that just they don't do anything they share a couple of things online and they they're they're baffled why no one comes it's like dude um and then when people come and you if you're if people come to your race you're an <laughs> asshole and you and you're just a dickhead nobody's gonna come back it's a customer service yeah. business like if you know, I'm not going to buy, uh, I'm not going to go to a restaurant if the service is shit, but whether or not if the food is good or, or not, I mean, fuck you, I'm not going. So, um, have you, anyway. that, that reminds me, have you ever heard of a restaurant called Ed DeBevix in Chicago? This is no. random. This is random. No. Okay. So the restaurant it's, they, they talk shit to you on purpose. In the I've restaurant. heard of restaurants like that for sure. And it's hilarious. And I almost feel like some of these, these, uh, you know, promoters, like, that's what they do. Is it like therapeutic for Cause like you'll go to like the fucking writers meeting and they're like complaining about a low turnout. I'm like, it's, I'm here. It's not my fault. Like, yeah, they're complaining about a low turnout to the people who are there. It's like, you need to complain about the people who didn't come and that's not yeah. us. So, it's yeah. like, or just yeah. don't complain and do your job better. I mean, it's, if people want to, I mean, if people want to come, they're going to come. If they don't, then it's something you didn't do or, or what have you. And a lot yep. of people it's scheduling on top of other people. I mean, there's, uh, there's yeah. multi, like my Hagerstown event coming up. Uh, I put that out pretty early in the year and it doesn't affect, like, I'm not bothered by it, but it's just kind of, I, I wouldn't think it's a smart business plan to promote on top of other big events. And there's some other events going on that weekend. Um, yeah. You know, it's impossible to not overlap completely, but just generally speaking, man, I, I would try to like work with other promoters to not, not do that. And, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Daryl bear. He, you know, I went to the local district six race today and 
you know, he, he, he brought up my race at the riders meeting. He let me come up and, and talk about it. And yeah, it's cool that when other promoters do that, they, they show you some love and uh, appreciate that as well. So with that, with that being said, I'm going to do a, we're getting closer to Hagerstown. We're about a month away when this yeah. comes out, we're going to be probably a month away. It's July 23rd. Um, right now recording the podcast and Hagerstown is August 25th and 26th. We're putting a lot of effort into this race. We're coming back to Hagerstown. It's been, I think it's been almost a decade, eight to 10 years since we've, we've been at that, been at that historic racetrack and really excited to give amateurs an opportunity to race there. Cause it's been even longer. It's probably been third, 25, 30 years since amateurs have been on that track. So to come back to Hagerstown, uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, for fans wanting to come, I'm going to get some info out on my social media pages. Corey Texter pr- promote promos. I think it's Corey Texter promos on my page. Oh, Corey Texter promos. We're going to do some info. Also, I have a website, CoreyTexterPromotions.com, and we'll get some info out on that. Our pre-registration form is on the website. If you have any questions about Hagerstown, reach out to me. All the tickets, grandstand tickets will be sold at the event. I'm not doing pre-sale stuff. I just don't have the personnel to do it during the week and stay on top of it. Um, So all the grandstand tickets will be available at the track. Just show up, get ready to, you know, good racing, have fun. You can get tickets right, right there. And uh, riders as well. You can sign up at the race, but I would recommend signing up prior. You've been the winter throwdown. The the signup line can get pretty hectic. Uh, we have a lot of riders that sign up and it does our scoring ladies a huge help. If you sign up ahead of time, um, you can pay at the event, but if you could get your forms in, you can email, email them to me that puts you in the system. And then all you have to do is check in and pay and you're good to go. It, it definitely speeds things up. So, um, yeah, any questions on that, on that event, hit me up and we have a really good team coming out to help work it. I'll, I'll announce that more in the future, but appreciate everybody's interest in that event too. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Too bad you're doing it after I have my surgery. It's like you did yeah, it on purpose. Man. Big surgery coming up for you, right? Is that Tuesday or Wednesday? Tomorrow. No, no. Tomorrow. What, what is today? Today's Sunday? No, yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. So Tuesday. I got another day. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Yep. And then we have, I, I walked around the, the paddock pits. I don't know what to call it anymore. I don't want to offend anybody, but I also don't care. Um, I like paddock better, dude. I really do. I, is that, are people going to not You're listen canceled. to my pod anymore? Yeah. I'm going to get canceled. I, You're canceled. I, I like it better, but I also don't think it fucking matters, but I also, I slightly like it better, but <laughs> I talk to people in the pits and uh we're gonna get colby carlisle on the podcast uh hopefully the end of the week we're gonna get him on and do an interview with colby uh, i think that's gonna be a good one just me and colby we have a rivalry going back and now he's on the bikes that you know i've i've raced for a few years but we have a really pretty good relationship right now we actually talk quite a bit and um i think it'll be cool to get some of that background info on kind of our our battles and production twins and the singles and he's a singles champion and he's had some really good results in super twins and just a very, very well-rounded, good rider. So I'm excited to get Colby on. And then also we are going to bring Sean Bear on the podcast. Sean Bear is uh, crushing it right now there in the hooligan game. He's he's kind of stirring up the pot. That's an understatement. Yeah, he's stirring up the pot yeah, a little with, with awesome. the hooligan hooligan stuff. Which How dare he uh, understand the rules? How dare he understand the rules? Yeah, I had a oh, combo dear. with him and Sorry. you know, it's like, dude, I, I don't you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're just fast and you build good bikes. So yep. <laughs> um yep. but Sean's got a really cool story. We go way back actually. My dad actually helped Sean quite a bit with 
his XR750 program when he was younger and national number rider for a long time. And he's got a really cool, really cool story, actually. Um, people see him now as like a hooligan rider, but dude, Sean, Sean was a very, very accomplished GNC racer for a long time. And uh, I definitely want to get him on and talk. He's got a lot of thoughts on the hooligan stuff and it'll be really cool to get, get them on. We haven't done interview pods lately. It's kind of hard to line up schedules for these interview pods. And honestly, a lot of these racers are just flaky. It's hard to get them on, but Colby was. Well, and like right now, this time of year, like we're in the dog days of summer, like where there's just race after race, after race, after race. So yeah, I, yeah, I completely understand. Yeah. No, but those are two guests, honestly, that if you told me two years ago, I was going to have them on the podcast, I probably would have said, eh, but I, uh, I, <laughs> I think it's time and I'm excited actually to, to get them on and, yeah, down the road. I mean, I I'm sure really there's really nobody that I probably wouldn't have on at this point. I mean, I I think it's good to get people on who I necessarily don't agree with or or, you know, just get getting those riders on to uh, you know, this podcast honestly, it's not I try not to make it about what I like or what I don't like. I try to be open-minded and bring people on who I don't know or the fans want to hear from. So, if you guys have anybody out there you want to hear from I'm open to, to anybody really, if they're willing to do it. Um, yeah, we're willing to interview your mom. Um, I want to know why you're the way you are. (laughs) She won't, she won't have a great answer for you. I don't think, (laughs) uh, as, 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 uh, with how I am, my mom does a pretty good job, honestly, with, and with Shana too, like, being in the spotlight and, you know, seeing negative comments, mainly Shana and stuff like that. My mom sees all that and she doesn't respond. Like she kind of like, just, you know, she knows we're adults and we can handle it, but you see a lot of parents, you know, where they're, they're chiming in and their kids are adults. And it's uh, my mom's really, I got a lot of respect for my mom in that regard. And I'm thankful that she can kind of sit back and, and not, I mean, it'd be really easy. Like if somebody was like shit talking cruise, like I would be like, yo, fuck you. (laughs) But my mom yeah, does yeah. a really good job at at uh at sitting back and and just yeah uh I, I don't even know how to word it but my mom's great yeah she does a really good job I love my mom and she doesn't get enough credit for for what she's done with um honestly dude I'm probably well Shana's the easiest but I think I'm easier than my brother for sure I have a brother Hunter and then Keely I guess she's pretty easy too she's gonna probably. She wants to come on the pod at some point too. Keely does, but I'm like, dude, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, you're a gym. You just graduated, right? So <laughs> he got a master's degree yeah, in uh, yeah. college for something or another, but yeah, we'll have to, I don't know. There's a lot of options here for, for podcast guests in the future. I've just, man, everybody's been flaky. Like these old riders that I want to get on, they just like, they're flaky trying to get them on. So um, we'll work on it. Send us some thoughts and, Appreciate everybody who reached out. Like I said, I posted a photo. I was at Middletown and, uh, you know, I looked one way and there was a podcast shirt. I literally like looked the other way and another guy had a podcast shirt on and I'm like, yo, let's get a photo. <laughs> so we posted up for a photo <laughs> and Frank and Kyle were their names. I think it's Frank Rounds oh. and Kyle Crawford. And I want to give a shout out to the boys for supporting the pod, wearing the shirts and also Kurt Jones. He had a podcast shirt on at, Bridgeport yesterday and it's man it's humbling it's cool um when I get pissed off when you know people are assholes I uh I just I get like 10 encouragement you know 10 encouraging comments or photos and it's like all right I'll get back on here and you too man you keep me motivated to to do them because 
so much in life keeps you busy. And this podcast for, for, for us, I mean, especially you, it's, it's just definitely a hobby and, you know, to come on and take time to just do it, man. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's an effort. So I appreciate well, you keep me on. I'd look at it this way. Do you think my wife wants to hear my opinions about flat track 24 fucking seven? No. So this is therapeutic for me because she like, I just get to voice my opinions that no one cares about. So it's good. I like, does she it. listen I, to I enjoy it? the podcast. No, she does. Yeah, she does. Oh, she she's does. very, she, yeah, she, uh, she often takes your side, not mine. So, oh, sick. Thanks, worse, Lace. But, yeah, yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Honestly, <laughs> a lot of, like I said, a lot of people listen who I wouldn't think listen at all. Um, yeah. we have insights. So I can see, like, I've had people say, I don't listen to the podcast, but then on my insights, it's like, well, you listen twice a week. So. <laughs> but also, <laughs> people who you would think would listen, they don't fucking listen. Like some of my closest friends, uh, like Chad and Ryan and you know, a lot of people, they don't listen. I'm like, I'm like, you didn't hear it on the pod. They're like, no, I, I didn't listen. I'm like, come on, dude. Like I thought <laughs> certain people like Trent, like Trent doesn't really listen. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's we whatever. just don't matter. We just it's don't fine. matter. It's probably true. To be honest, <laughs> It's fine. Hey, it's there if you want it. And if you don't want it, you don't have to click that play button, but it's there if you guys want it. So, um, yeah, appreciate, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, what helps us honestly with, uh, getting sponsors and keeping this going is subscribing. If you can subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, if you listen every week and you don't subscribe, it's, it's all good, but it definitely helps us out when we go to sponsors to keep this going. There's some things we want to do next year if we can keep it going, but we gotta, we gotta build, we gotta, we gotta keep, uh, keep improving on our product and definitely reviews on iTunes. A uh, good review would be cool, but if you fucking don't want to leave a good one, then just any review is appreciated. Uh, as long as you're fair and you you back up points on what you do, what you like or what you don't like, um, it's definitely appreciated to get feedback. Uh, you know, good feedback, good or bad. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Mile High Showdown, August nineteenth. It's coming up, and uh, they've been supporting our podcast for this summer and. It's IMI Motorsports Complex, Erie, Colorado, August 19th, $1,500 Pro Hooligan Purse. A lot of great riders show up for that event. So if you're anywhere near the Colorado area, make sure you check out that event. Mile High Showdown on social media. Um, that's all I got, man. I, we didn't talk much about BTR. I want to give a shout out to Morgan Monroe for her win. I want to give a shout out to Sean Bear, Georgie Price, Ron Wood. I'm going to shout those three out because they're District 6, a little biased, but that's what we do on the pod sometimes. Um, but yeah, I want to give those those winners a shout out as well. I We didn't, we forgot to mention those. And Shasta LaRue, if I pronounce your name wrong, congratulations for winning the heat race in uh, the BTR. Oh um, yeah, that, yeah, that I, was sick. I turned that on and I was like, she's in the tuck, let's go. It was good. <laughs> That was sick. Yeah, I didn't get to watch the heat because I was uh, in the pit, but I had the timing up and that's cool. It's cool to see new people mix it up in that class. Uh, any yep. of the classes, new new blood is is awesome. So shout out to mm -hmm. Shasta. That's 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 awesome. Keep that momentum going and get up there on the podium in the in the main event for sure. So um all right guys, I want to make sure we shout out. Did we miss any sponsors? I want to shout out Moto America. We have Brainerd coming up uh, on the schedule. Brainerd, Minnesota. Um, well, I was going to say Wisconsin. That's Road America. Brainerd's coming up. A lot same. of, <laughs> yeah, basically that whole area is similar. Um, 
Coming up on the schedule, they have, I'm looking through the schedule here, Stock 1000, Superbike, Supersport, Junior Cup, Royal Enfield, Baggers. It's a full lineup at Brainerd coming up. So if you can, go check out that event. If you're not going to be able to make it, check out their Live Plus package. The action is incredible. The Bagger racing has been like, I'm, I'm biased with the Baggers, but dude, it's been really good racing. Look up some of the highlights of uh, Tyler Hare and Kyle Wyman. It's been a, a true American rivalry with Indian Motorcycle and Harley Davidson, and it's been really fun to watch. So if you can, go on social media, uh, follow Moto America, and uh, subscribe to their Live Plus package. That's a wrap on this pod, guys. Until the next time, we're, we're coming at you here soon with some more. Appreciate all the love. Eric, good luck with surgery, dude. Um, yeah. it, you know, it won't, aff- it won't affect your – you can chat, right? You'd be good on by the end of the week, do an interview yeah. pod? Yeah, yeah, All I'll right. be doing an interview pod for sure. I'll be looking for something to do. All right. It's on. Appreciate y'all. Till next time, we out. <laughs>